As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. And we are live. Welcome in, everybody, to a live edition, a simulcast on YouTube and Facebook of the Huddle Up podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, of course, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him as the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we're uh, we're going to dive into what's on the minds of our listeners. It is Mile High Mailbag time. Also, we're going to take a look at the Minnesota Vikings game that's coming up this mm-hmm. weekend and uh, touch on some Drew Locke. But how are you doing tonight, bro? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm interested to see who wins this game tonight between the the Browns and the uh, Steelers. We talked about that off air for a second. I want to yep. see if Cleveland's really that bad, and the Broncos game wasn't just a, uh, you know a fluke. Should be a good you know AFC North contest tonight. Cleveland beat Buffalo last weekend, sure. so that's you know, true. That's definitely not a team devoid of talent. I mean, their coaching is lackluster. That's the only thing holding them back. Yep, it really is. But they've got some. It wouldn't surprise me. Let me put it this way: to see them turn it around and make a make a a run the second half of the season, which is how it unfolded for Cleveland last year, to be honest with you. Once Tyrod Taylor was deposed by Baker and then it all started coming together. But obviously this is not a Cleveland Browns podcast. This is all about your Denver Broncos. And Zach and I have a ton of information that we got to get to you today. We got a great conversation planned, but first let's just welcome in everyone who's joining us in the room. It'll continue to fill up. Noble Young, what's up? Stuart, Stu Primakov, what's up? Andy, Blue Seibert, Jamal, Larry, all you guys, Kristen, uh, Christy as well. Good to see you guys. Let's uh, take care of a couple of quick matters of business, and then I promise you we're going to dive right in to what's on everybody's minds. You guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then take a minute when you get some time. You don't have to do it right now. But if you haven't, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a creative review 
uh, on the show. And what that does is it not only helps us grow, it's an organic way to support the show, but it also enters you into our giveaway that we do each and every month. Zach and I pick a couple of names randomly from the reviewers on the podcast that month and give away some swag. Last month we drew two names. The month before that we drew two names. As we start building up some merch, which Zach's got cooking, we're going to unveil that on Sunday at the Gut Reaction. We're going to start dishing that out to everybody, and and you're going to want to make sure you've got your reviews in. So head over to Apple Podcasts, and if you like what Zach and I are doing, give us a five-star rating. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Zach, before we take a peek inside the Mile High mailbag, oh man, we've got already some super chat donations. Stu, we're going to get to your comment and question. Give us just a minute, my brother. Appreciate you, man. Solomon, coming in hot with a $25 donation on super chat. Thank you, Solomon. You guys are dropping, oh my goodness, Stu McPeak as well. We're going to talk about that, Stu. You guys are incredible. Thank you, Stu. Give us just a few. Um, before we get to Drew Locke, well, actually, let's talk about that first. Before we get to the Vikings and all that, let's talk about Drew Locke because there was an interesting comment. Drew Locke now has Tuesday's practice under his belt, which was pretty much scout team. Then he had Wednesday under his belt and now Thursday. So three days of practice from Drew Locke. We heard from Vic Fangio after Tuesday's practice. It was pretty much a lukewarm kind of review on how Drew Locke did. However, Today at the podium, what Coach Fangio had to say about Drew Locke, frankly, Zach, was not only encouraging, but I think it was very revealing because we know when it comes to Vic Fangio, he's not a guy to praise anybody unless it's well-deserved or earned. Here's what he said on how Locke looked in, in yesterday's practice. So this was earlier today, asking him how he looked in Wednesday's practice. He said, quote, good. I think the time off in some ways, although you never want it, helped him. I think he learned a lot, whereas when he was going through it in the spring and in training camp before he got hurt, it was piling up on him, I think. Besides learning the new offense and being under center, which he had never done in college, etc., all those things were piling up on him and getting in the way of progressing the way you'd like to see him progress. I think that through his time off, he's been able to solve some of those issues emotionally and mentally. I think he's looked a little bit better the first two days 
albeit eight to 10 snaps, half the scout team snaps, a very limited sample, close quote. Zach, your reaction? Any praise from Fangio is hard to come by, and especially for a quarterback who's been inactive for so long and has so much hype surrounding him, good and bad. Um, I thought a lot of his comments were, were fairly accurate and fairly honest and fairly genuine, but it's also like we talked about on yesterday's pod, Chad. It, the Broncos are really going out of their way to cradle and protect and really and and put Drew Lock in bubble wrap with the media on the field. They're doing what they can to salvage him mentally, physically. So it's not surprising they're going to talk up practice habits or anything related to that. It is encouraging, not surprising though. I mean. Some things happen for a reason, and there is that phrase called a blessing in disguise, right? You never want to see – I wrote about this today. You never want to see a young player get hurt because you worry about it sapping all the momentum and whatever you know steam they've built up in whatever short time they've been in the league. You worry about that, you know, basically getting their, their knees cut out from, from underneath them. But in the case of Drew Locke, I think there's a little something to what Fangio is saying here, that it was a blessing in disguise because – this is a guy who's all he's never not been the guy. He he became a starter as a freshman in high school, and then he became a starter as a freshman at Missouri. This is the first time where he's been, he's kind of had to hang back and watch and and observe. And I think it's it really served him well. We know that also from what Fangio's saying, reading between the lines and knowing what we know about what Locke did during his time off, he really stayed diligent. He put his time off to good use, not only through the VR program he was using, but staying and keeping his nose in the playbook, really paying attention, you know, making sure he's on top of everything mentally, as he said, also emotionally, watching how Joe Flacco operates as a 12th-year pro. All these little things, Zach, they add up, and he's chomping at the bit. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to his presser after Wednesday's practice, but the dude is ready to play some ball. And he's, I mean, he's ready now. He's trying to tell him, hey, dude, just activate me. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm still, some rust is coming off physically, but put me in the game, coach. And that's what separates Drew Locke from Paxson Lynch. So any comparisons to him should end there. Paxson never had half of the fire of the will to learn and get better like Drew Locke does. He wouldn't have been ready. He wouldn't have been chopping at the bit. He would have been playing video games, playing Fortnite right now. So when you talk, I don't want there to be any PTSD from within the Broncos front office or the Broncos fan base unfairly uh, comparing Pax Lynch to Drew Locke. They are two different quarterbacks, and you'll see once he gets on the field, he's going to prove a lot of doubters wrong. It's very encouraging. Let's uh, give a, a shout-out real quick to Amaro1983 with a $15 donation on Super it. Chat. And, of course, Robbie Nunn's coming in hot. Thanks, $50 donation. Love the show. Missed the VIP message board, but in learning, Maven as well. Let's Thank get you. Drew Locke on the field. Noonzy, that's my dude. Now I recognize exactly who you are, Robbie. Um, yeah, the VIP, the, the message boards, that's been one of the weird things about one of the weird transitions in terms of I love the new platform that we're on with Sports Illustrated Maven, but there's no message board. So for those of our VIPs and, and premium subscribers who've been with Mile High Huddle for years and years, it's a little bit different motif. But hey, the conversation's still happening at the site. Go to milehighhuddle.com. There's the community tab. Each and every article, the conversations in the comment section are just lighting up. So make sure you get in on that news. You create an account. It's free for now. There's going to be a VIP option down the road, but for now it's free for everybody. But let's get to some of these questions here, Zach, um, because it is the Mile High Mailbag. We are this fan base's football priest each and every week. We're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. Stu wants to know how Drew did today. Specifically today, let's just kind of go, Zach, 
generally speaking, how he's looked these first couple yeah. of days. Really, it doesn't matter what the what the reporters, what we in the media are saying. It comes down to what's Vic Fangio saying. And again, Zach, Fangio does not compliment somebody unless there's a dang good reason. And I think that's that's got to be the biggest takeaway at this point is all the concern and the talking points from Elway over the last couple of weeks when he's gone on KOA on Wednesdays has been, you know, we're worried. It's a complicated offense. We're not sure if he's ready mentally. What this tells me today is that he's a lot farther along mentally than the team expected him to be, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I think it's even surprising people like Elway, who every action he showed showed that he didn't have confidence in Drew Locke developing as a prospect. Um, he's looked good in practice, but we also have to be um, level-headed here and grounded. It's just practice. He has a lot to prove, still a lot to learn, and I'm more interested to see what he can do when he gets on the field in a regular season game then he can really show his worth. Until then, you got to take the small victories, and I think Vic Fangio's praise is a small victory. Stu says, I don't really buy into the theory that certain quarterbacks' psyche can be ruined. Most QBs just need a good supporting cast. If they don't have it, they struggle. And there's something to that. I mean, the better your supporting cast, the better your O-line, the more talent you have around you at the skill positions, the more better off you're going to be, the, the greater the opportunity will be for you to hit the ground running. But at the end of the day, Zach, I subscribe to the philosophy that a quarterback's either got it or he doesn't. There's no perfect time to play him. You got to throw them out there. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If it's not, it's going to come out in the wash really quickly. And I just think this is a good indication here, these first few days from Drew Locke, that he's proven to the to the coaches and it's trickling upstream to up the chain of command to the front office that I'm a lot farther along than you thought I'd be after spending three months without playing football. And I'm motivated. I'm hungry. Reading between the lines on some of what he said yesterday, actually, I think he's a little irritated, like – not irritated. He's he's chomping at the bit to prove himself. He's he he doesn't he really uh, recoils at the notion, Zach, that here he is a second round pick, almost was a first round pick. Here he is though, high round pick. The team traded up to get, and he's having to take scout team reps. He wants to play some dang football and get back to being the guy. I mean, that's he's got the QB one mentality, but he also knows this is the NFL. I haven't proven anything yet. I just have to prove it in how I perform. And right now that's practice. Right now that's in the in the meeting rooms, on the whiteboard, everything. He's That's the only thing he can do and, and the only thing he can control, which is what he talked about as well yesterday. I mean, any quarterback, you put him behind a great offensive line with good receivers, good players around him, he's going to succeed. But true franchise quarterbacks elevate the play of those around them. I, I always mention Tom Brady. He's played with no one's wide receiver for most of his career and made them into superstars. It's just if he's a franchise quarterback, he'll make everyone around him better. And quarterback psyche can get ruined. Paxton Lynch was exa- exhibit A for that. It's the first example. You have to develop them correctly. And I think the Broncos are finding a good balance with Drew Locke. Take them along slowly, but eventually, no, you have to get them on the field to see what he has. Amaro wants to know, he says, I know the consensus is to eventually see Drew Locke, but considering the patience they are giving his first start, how soon do we see Rippon just to see what we've gotten him as a potential number two? Well, Zach, that could be as soon as this Sunday if something happens to Brandon Allen, which considering this uh, offensive line, Zach, it's not outside the realm of the plausible or the possible that he could take a blindside shot and guess what? Brett Rippon has to take the field, but Flip side to that coin, Zach, is you don't play ripping at this stage to see what you have in him. He's your Band-Aid at this stage until Locke gets activated. He's your oh-crap quarterback in case (laughs) something happens. This is It's got to be all about Drew Locke getting him on the field as soon as possible. And by the way, receiving eight to ten first-team snaps, which is what Drew Locke has gotten on these these reps, these practice reps, 
it doesn't sound like a lot, right? But Fangio put it in perspective when he said, quote, eight to 10, which doesn't sound like a lot, but the offense is only getting about 38 to 39 snaps total. So when you look at it that way, it's pretty significant. In other words, he's been getting the last couple of days about a third of the first team snaps. And I'm sure you guys recognize that teams don't give quarterbacks first team snaps for no reason at all. We're getting a lot more Brett Rippon questions than I thought we'd get about his availability or about his his development as a Broncos quarterback. We saw more of him in the preseason than we saw of Drew Locke. We kind of got a rough picture, a rough outline of what Brett Rippon's ceiling is in the NFL and what his floor could be. He looks like he's a backup-level quarterback. You can't say the same about Locke in any capacity. He has the, the ceiling of being a true franchise quarterback. So like Chad said, it's not about Brett Rippon. It's not about Brandon Allen right now. It's all about Drew Locke. Andy wants to know, do you guys think the offensive scheme for the Broncos will be similar to what we've seen against the Browns? And I think what you're going to see, Zach, we heard this from Allen when he took to the podium. I think it was yesterday. It might have been the day before. But when he spoke this week, he said that Rich Gangarello has done a great job, in his opinion, of turning the ship, tailoring this offense to cater to these young, the young talent. And what does that really mean? Well, you're, you're seeing a lot more moving pocket stuff. You're seeing a lot more looks that are allowing and not so much exploiting, but capitalizing on the athleticism and the youth that these guys have. I think you're going to continue to see that come out in the wash. It's just a question of who can win their matchups because this Vikings defense, man, it's legit, as you guys know. I mean, the Vikings right now, from a defensive perspective, they are in the top 10 in just about every major statistical category except maybe four. I mean, they're they're a good defense. Yeah. I would say personnel-wise, player by player, pound by pound, the Browns have more talent, but the Vikings have something the Browns don't have right now, and that's good coaching. Mike Zimmer has a great squad over there. They play very, very good, stifling defense. It's going to be a test for this Broncos offense. This is where, though, I expect Skangarello to lean on his bread and butter like I thought he would do against the Browns. Lean on the running game. Phillip Lindsay has to get going. Royce Freeman, and then you can open the, the air game up with Brandon Allen and Cortland Sutton. Hopefully Tim Patrick gets, gets going, too. It's going to be a run-heavy game plan. They're not going to feature Brandon Allen. They're kind of going to use him as a compliment in this game. That's what I think anyway. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling. With queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. 
Jeremy says, what are your thoughts on Von Miller's comments regarding Drew Locke? Now, for those of you who might have missed that, let me read you the quote from Von Miller really quick. Uh, He said, quote, on, uh, let me find it here, on what he has made of quarterback Drew Locke's demeanor. Quote, I just want to be here when he gets famous. He's going to kill it. He is going to kill it. Then he laughs. He's got everything you need. The other day he ran out and did like a little bootleg and he kind of threw it. It was an incomplete pass, but I've seen a lot of good ones play. And that was probably the best incomplete pass that I've seen thrown. He has a little flip up. It's just a, he's just a star in the making. You saw it with Tony Romo. You saw it with Aaron Rodgers and all these guys. And then they just blow up. I see the same stuff for Drew. All he has to do is just keep doing what he's doing and good karma and the type of guy he is, it's all going to come back to him, Zach. Your thoughts? Von Miller is a really good teammate. That's my thought. That's that's the predominant thought I always hear. When I heard it with Case Keenum, Von said, I'm going to dance in the locker room with him because his locker was right next, right next to him. It, that's what Von Miller does. He hypes up those around him. He was talking like this about Brandon Allen a couple weeks ago. So, uh, you know, this is just Vaughn being Vaughn. It's a good trait to have in the locker room. I think he reaches every player individually, and it's good to hear about Drew Locke, but I really wouldn't put too many, too much stock into uh, Vaughn Miller's assessment of his fellow teammates. That's fair. I do think there's – I think it's also fair, though, to read a little bit more into this comment, saying that he's going to be a star and all that. That's a far cry from what he said about Brandon Allen, which was basically just saying that, you know, I don't know him all that well, but I think he's going to really do well with his opportunity. Gushing and, co- and comparing him to one guy we know is headed for the Hall of Fame, Aaron Rodgers. Another guy, Tony Romo, who, you know, borderline. There's a chance. I mean, arguably the greatest undrafted quarterback of all time, you could say. I mean, mm-hmm. if you go look at his statistics in terms of the all-time rankings, Tony Romo's up there, man. And to compare a guy like Drew Locke, who hasn't taken one NFL snap to either of those guys and still and using verbiage like a star, going to kill it, I, I agree with you that Vaughn's a very supportive teammate. He's a team first guy. He's he he's not a stranger to hyperbole, but at the same time, I think using that kind of vernacular and comparing him to those kind of players, he's also really trying to say something. He is, and I think he's he's playing up to the Broncos fans' hopes. Also, I just think it's 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 it, there's something to it for sure. It's it's better than what he said about Brandon Allen, but I just think Vaughn is trying to. I think. Uh, hype Drew Locke up knowing that he has so much riding on him. I think in a way he's trying to take some pressure off of Drew Locke by already having the, the veteran support of his teammates. So it could look at it that way. Either way, there's no negative to these comments. It's it's a positive indication of where Locke stands in the Broncos locker room right now. Amen to that. Also makes me realize I need to get an analysis article up on that <laughs> after we complete this podcast. Uh, Ryan wants to know, What's the top three quarterbacks you would want to draft this year and in what order? Ryan, before I answer this, keep in mind that neither Zach or myself are pushing the, the you know, Broncos need to draft a quarterback thing. Right. We're in a holding pattern on that topic until we see something from Drew Locke. Now, that being said, if the Broncos, Zach, go quarterback in this draft, top three for me in order would be number one, Joe Burrow. Number two, Probably Tua, even though he's a southpaw, that bothers me a little bit. And then number three, probably Justin Herbert. Yeah. But that's not gospel. That's not Bible yet, to be frank with you guys. I haven't spent as much time yet because we're in the NFL season covering the Broncos. I haven't spent as much time going through the draft prospects yet. But that's that's a pretty good representation, at least at this point in time, how I see it. 
Yeah, you echo my thoughts completely on all down the board there. We can't look at the Broncos going after a top quarterback yet. We don't know if they're going to be in position to get one. Probably not. But just playing devil's advocate here, I I, I agree with Chad's three. You can throw in Jalen Hurts in there too, but um, I'm a big Burrow fan after seeing him against Alabama. And I think Tua, his stock took a little bit of a hit in that game, but I think he'll be a really good quarterback in the NFL. Jake says, do you think once we know for a fact we are out of the playoffs that Drew Locke will start? I think – that's a, that will be – if the Broncos remain in this holding pattern – and remember, they only have a three-week window starting from Tuesday to make this decision to promote him to the active roster. But as far as starting him, yeah, I think it's a pretty safe bet. If they keep him in this holding pattern, Zach, and the eighth or ninth loss comes, ninth for sure, eight probably, they'll recognize, all right, mathematically, we're donezo. Let's get the kid in. I think right now it's a foregone conclusion, regardless of record, that Elway has to know he has to get Locke on the field for at least two regular season games. The only way he doesn't is if Brandon Allen continues winning and dominating while winning, and then you just can't take him out of the game. But I think it's everyone knows, including Elway now, that Locke has to get on the field. I just think it's a matter of time and a matter of when. Brown's just got on the scoreboard, broke the ice. Um, Jamal wants to know, do the Broncos go left tackle with the first pick? Jamal, honestly... I think they'd be crazy not to, especially considering the talent at the top of this class. It's a pretty deep class talking to my draft experts like Eric Trickle, Nick Kendall, Carl Dummler, those guys. They say it's a pretty deep class at left tackle, so maybe you don't need to go with one super high. However, if you want to solve that left tackle issue once and for all, Zach, go get an Andrew Thomas. Uh, go after the kid in in Iowa. I just His name just barely escaped me. Uh, oh, Jesus. It, it just – it'll come back to me. But Worfs, Tristan Worfs. Go after one of these blue chip, surefire, left tackle type of guys and just cut. You don't even have to cut bait with Garrett Bowles. He's just your swing guy, henceforth right. and forever and beyond. You <laughs> got him for one more year, Garrett Bowles, but he's not a starter because now you got Andrew Thomas. That's what I'd want to see happen in a perfect world because it would also mean that Drew Locke showed a little something this year. That's it's a really good point on, on Locke. That would mean the Broncos can bypass a quarterback in a top-heavy quarterback class and get a left tackle. But like we talked about on the pod with Nick, I mean, this is a very good class for quarterbacks and offensive tackles, offensive linemen. So it seems like in the Broncos in round one, they're guaranteed to walk away with either – not guaranteed, but have a pretty good chance of walking away with either player. I'm with you, Chad, on, on those players that you mentioned. We can also take into account the Broncos in free agency or along the trade market. Maybe Trent Williams comes along. The Broncos can pay him now. Many options this offseason, but there's a good chance they're going to walk away with Garrett Bowles' replacement. Let's cross our fingers. Andy, man, he has great questions each and every night. He says, if the Broncos snag a win against the Vikings, do you think the Broncos will pull the trigger to save this season, or is it turning the focus on other player development like Drew Luck? I'll be stunned. The Mile High Roundtable will come out tomorrow, and Zach and I will make our official picks and score predictions and all that, but – I would be stunned, I got to tell you, if the Broncos beat the Vikings this this week. If they did, of course, Zach, it's going to give John Elway and Vic Fangio renewed hope. I don't think it necessarily would change the current timetable the team has on Drew Locke, though. No, it, it would depend on the victory. If they upset the Vikings and they're big underdogs in this game, I mean, you, you can't really take Brandon Allen out just for the sake of playing Drew Locke. The only way I can see that is if Allen uh, th- just bombs in the game, a Nathan Peterman-type game, and the Broncos win in spite of him, maybe the floodgates open. But if they beat the Vikings, it's going to be Brandon Allen's job to lose until the Broncos lose. Adon says, do you guys believe it was a mistake keeping Bryce Callahan on the roster, seeing as how he's about to be put on IR, which – for those of you who missed it, you might have remembered on Monday we learned that Bryce Callahan was going to start practicing finally for the first time this regular season 
on Tuesday. He did so. It didn't go well. And he's headed – it hasn't happened yet, but he's pretty much headed for IR. Zach, they they held out hope on Bryce Callahan, kept him on the 53. Meanwhile, they put yep. Drew Locke on IR when making my point. five-week yep. injury. Yeah, they, they made the wrong decision on both players. It's That's exactly what happened. They should have kept Locke on the 53 and just mothballed Callahan until he was better. It says a lot that he gets on the field for one practice, just one regular season practice, middle of the week, suffers a setback, now he's going to IR. So he was never even close to healthy. He probably even shouldn't have been practicing right now. I'm with you. They should have kept Locke on the 53, but just hindsight at this point. Yep. Andrew says, I really can't believe what the coaches say. I feel like it's Elway pulling strings and telling the coaches what to say regarding Locke based on how frequently their tone changes on him. Andrew, I don't blame you for feeling that way. The messaging from Dove Valley has been contradictory all year long on Drew Locke, especially the last quarter of a season. From Rich Scangarello contradicting Elway, Vic Fangio being extremely reluctant to say word one that's positive about Drew Locke. But you can feel... The that momentum starting to shift, Zach, and I feel like you can start to see this organi- organization kind of falling into lockstep behind their young quarterback, and it's only a matter of time. The, the key, Zach, is once they pull the trigger and not just activate him to the roster, but once they play Drew Locke, they, he needs the full faith and support of the organization. The team from the coaches all the way up to the front office need to close ranks around this kid and not look back. You can't put him in on a, on a leash. He's got to go in knowing that, all right, this is it. It's go time. We're not looking back. This is your team now. Let's do this. Something they never did with Paxton Lynch. And in their defense, Paxton never gave him any kind of confidence to feel like they could do that. And that's kind of the point I was making with Von Miller. I think he senses that too. And, and the Broncos teammates and the veterans around Drew Locke are trying to hype him up right now. And it's it's the right move. Um, but like you said, they have been contradictory. I think they handled his injury timeline wrong. We, we just touched on the fact that they shouldn't have put him on injured reserve for, to start the season. They really um, thought they were playing with a luxury when they had Flacco healthy. But now that he's not healthy, uh, deadlines make deals. And they realize they're up against the clock right now to see what they have in their young quarterback. So maybe if Flacco was healthy, be a different story. But they know they have to get Locke on the field. And I think from now, they'll have more of a unified front on the subject. Larry says, with the Broncos being so cautious with Locke, are the expectations going to be unrealistic? I don't think so, Zach. I think it's more the opposite of that. I think they're they're waiting to debut him into a into an environment in which the stakes are low, meaning that you know the odds of making the playoffs are non-existent or extremely small. Kind of deflating some of that pressure and allowing him to maybe just go out and play a little bit more loose without feeling like you know seasons on the line. I don't necessarily think that's the right thing to do, but I think that's how they're kind of viewing it. It's not a question we can really answer, though, because everyone is going to have different expectations. A large sect of the fan base is going to want Locke to come in there and throw for four touchdowns, 350 yards. It's probably not going to happen in his first start. Other fans, and I think people who observe the Broncos like us, Chad, would just be happy with his development, slow development, to see his mechanics improve, to see his footwork improve, to see him in the huddle improve week by week. That, to me, is more important than stats or wins and losses. So everyone's going to have different expectations, but... I think 100% of Broncos fans are ready to see him on the field. Brennan says, hey, guys, do you think there's any chance Brandon Allen gets this team on a roll? Again, I think Brandon Allen is a slightly more athletic Trevor Simeon. And Trevor Simeon had some pretty strong and authoritative wins, but what we learned in hindsight is that they were fool's gold wins. Some people, including in Denver media that are very well-respected, 
got out over their skis and started advocating for Denver to get him locked up when they got out to a three and one start. Um, actually, it was a four and zero oh start in 2016. Then 2017, they start three and one with Simeon. And I'm not saying that that can't happen with Allen. I'll be surprised if that happens with Allen because of how stiff the next two games are, especially on the schedule. I mean, you still got not only the Vikings and the Bills in the next two weeks. You still got to play the Chargers again. You still got the Texans. You still got another shot at the Chiefs. I mean, it's just a brutal schedule this yeah. this year, Zach. It is, and um, it's it's really going to take some time for them to to figure out what they have in Brandon Allen. Uh, it, I'll say this. He played well against the Browns. He played well enough to guide the Broncos to victory. He gave them a spark, but that's not the measuring stick, I think, for what he can do with this team. Let him upset the Vikings. Then I'll be a believer in Brandon Allen, but I think he'll come back down to earth, and then we'll see the Broncos – their playoff hopes will be dashed, and he's really not this franchise quarterback based off one game. I just want to see a bigger sample size before we can make any determination on any of these quarterbacks. And that's fair. I wouldn't rule it out as a possibility that Allen could get on a roll because we saw what we see from the Broncos last year under Vance Joseph and Case Keenum. They came out of the bye, won three straight games, put themselves back into the playoff hunt, yeah. and then went on to lose their final four or five, whatever it ended up being. We learned that three-game win streak was was fool's gold. So it wouldn't shock me to see something like that happen. And if it does happen, all it really means is Drew Locke's timetable gets delayed in terms of playing till week 16, week 17, right. something like that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Andy with another good question. For Locke to be a star, he needs to grab the neck of the horse and lead the team to something, being like a spokesman in some words. Thoughts? Well, right now, Locke, you know, NFL veterans don't take kindly to a rookie who's done nothing in the NFL yet, all of a sudden trying to get out and lead and be the guy. He can't be that guy 
until he gets the team gives him his opportunity. Now, that doesn't mean he can't you know take the bull by the horns to to kind of use that a similar vernacular. And all that really means at this stage is take, making the most of his opportunity in practice, showcasing to the coaches in the front office, you know, making it undeniable, Zach, that that he needs to get on the field. Yeah, I was going to say he can't grab the bull by the horns if he's not no, anywhere near the bull to grab. The Broncos are keeping him away from the bull. I think if they let him near the bull here, he can reach out and grab it, but they're kind of yeah. keeping him in arm's length, literally and figuratively. And until they give him that opportunity, it's just not going to happen. But I think when he does, I can speak for Chad here, I think we'll see him step into that role like we think he'll he's capable of doing. Okay, we got a couple more here, guys, and then we got to get out of here for tonight. Uh, Anthony says, what do you guys see as the major factors to pull off the upset this weekend? Zach, if the Broncos go in, this is a question you love to ask our guests on uh, when we go behind enemy lines, which we didn't yeah. do this week. Apologies. We'll get, we'll get someone on next week. But um, what, if the Broncos win this game, how do they win? By playing 60 minutes of clean football. No no interceptions, no fumbles, uh, no Garrett Bowles being Garrett Bowles. Just playing a clean, consistent game of football. Playing their best. That's what it's going to take to beat the Vikings, a very technically sound team, well-coached team. Uh, they have to take chances down the field. They have to score touchdowns, not field goals. They can't settle when they get in the red zone. They have to convert. All in all, they have to just execute and play fundamentally sound football for 60 minutes. If they play up to their potential on both sides of the ball, they can win this game. Here's a good one from Buana Beast. He's late to the show tonight, but I'm glad you finally made it, Buana. He says, how badly do you think Kubiak wants to beat down Elway? Zach, knowing these guys are still close friends, I'm sure, in their history together. Nevertheless, competitors, competitors. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, I think you can pretty much count on – Gary Kubiak wanting to savor a victory over John Elway, especially the way things unfolded those, right. you know, that led to him stepping down as head coach. And then of course the parting of the ways this past January. I mean, they were this close to bringing him back to be coordinator. And then they go, Oh, we're going to go with the young guy. You can pack up and take your stuff to Minnesota. Not just Gary Kubiak though. I mean, he's leading a pretty good offense. there, very efficient offense, but also Kirk cousins who the Broncos were loosely courting a few years ago before they settled for case Keenum. I wonder how much of a factor that's going to be playing them. Um, you know, he balled against them in Washington uh, playing Denver. So we'll have to see how he does with Gary Kubiak, Kirk cousins, a lot of Broncos connections in this game. Brandon says, Hey guys, what do you think of our defense against the Vikings offense? First off, you got to keep in mind that Vic Fangio has done nothing but gush and compliment Gary Kubiak's offense. He said that they're doing a great job. He's talked a lot about Cousins being a great fit in this scheme, that the personnel fits the scheme, Dalvin Cook being a stud. But if you look at the Broncos defense, all right, they're ranked fourth in net yards per game. They're ranked seventh in yards per play. They're ranked sixth in points per game, allowing 18.9 per game. They're ranked fourth in passing. Against the run, they're continuing to climb back up after, you know, that first quarter of the season really set them back in the rankings, but they're starting to work their way back up. And then really, Zach, where they are money, and maybe I should show this to our, uh, our, our viewers here since we are live. Let me show this to you guys. Um, all right, look at this. Defense down here, all right? You see that green? The green represents a top 10 ranking, and then, of course, it specifies fourth, seventh, sixth. Look down here, though. Third down percentage, all right? The Vikings are ranked 16th. The Broncos are ranked 7th. They're only allowing a 34% conversion rate on third down. Then right here, this is what's kept this Broncos team, even with all their offensive struggles with Flacco, and this is what's kept them in the dance, Zach. 
They're allowing only 37% conversions in the red zone, which is second best in the NFL. So to answer the question, I like the odds, especially where Fangio has been scheming in, in practice and going against a West Coast style system. I mean, Kubiak's scheme is built on the same bones as the scheme Skingarello is running, which is the Shanahan system. And I think Fangio is going to have an answer. That's a good point. And also, the, I, I got a lot of scouting done when I watched the Dallas uh, Vikings game last week. The, the Vikings offense really flows through Dalvin Cook. If they can get him going, it makes the passing attack so much better. And to Kirk Cousins' credit, Gary Kubiak's credit, uh, Cousins is playing pretty well this year, very efficient brand of football. But also, when they do pass, a lot of swing passes to the outside, a lot of checkdowns near the line of scrimmage uh, to, to make players open in space. This is a big game for the Broncos' front seven, a big game for the Broncos' inside linebackers. If Alexander Johnson can step up in this game, if Todd Davis cannot blow his opportunities, if those players can cover their ground figuratively and literally, this defense can match up. They can get to Kirk Cousins. They can uh, shut down that passing attack. I'm not going to have Adam Thielen, the Vikings offense, shut down Stephon Diggs. They can have a chance to make this game winnable for the Broncos offense. Amen. Costa says, what comparable would you give Drew Locke to an NFL quarterback, past or present? I think the most, seriously, the closest comparison is Matthew Stafford except Drew Locke is a more athletic player than even than Matthew Stafford. But from a passing person, the arm talent, the size, the different platforms with the arm, to me he's very much a Matthew Stafford clone, just a little bit more twitchy uh, athleticism. I mean, I, I saw it all in the, in the pre-draft process. I saw Jay Cutler. I saw Tony Romo. I even saw Patrick Mahomes in there. I'm not saying that he's Patrick Mahomes, but they have those similar qualities, mobility and the arm talent. So uh, – Either way, if they get anyone near those comparisons, they're going to be in pretty good hands. Buana says, do you guys like Noah Fant and Tim Patrick? Help Sutton create some more room, get better st- statistics. I think Noah Fant, that was the coming out party. I'm not saying he's going to go three for 115 and a score every game from here on out, but you could tell that that was a very confidence-inspiring performance. He finally yeah. goes, you know what, I can do this, I've got this. I think you're going to see Noah Fant continue to climb, and especially with a different quarterback for whatever reason. Despite Joe Flacco in his last, his most, his most previous full season as a starter, he completed over 90 passes to the tight end position. He didn't like throwing the the ball to Fant, and I'm sure it had something to do with the fact that he was a rookie. But that seemed to change under Brandon Allen pulling the trigger, and I think even when Drew Lockett's on the field, it'll only continues that. Flacco didn't like throwing the ball to anyone. Flacco didn't like doing anything but collecting his paycheck every week. So, yeah, I, I do like Noah Fan a lot. He has Pro Bowl upside. He, he, like I say, and that when they scored that long touchdown, he was galloping like Gronkowski. So that's, I'm not saying he's Gronkowski, but he definitely has that Pro Bowl upside. Tim Patrick, too, I, I like him right now more than uh, Deshaun Hamilton. I think he'll come in, catch a few passes, he'll contribute. He's not going to be, you know, Cortland Sutton type of talent, but he's a good number three, number four receiver to have on the roster any year. Yeah, Buana, this is cool. This this um, platform that we use to do these streams, there are some different tools that we can use to to make these shows more interactive, more you know, cool stats, flares, things like that. We're figuring it out as we go, the best way to use it. But sometimes sharing the screen and and breaking down stats, or you know, we might even eventually Zach be able to break down plays while we're talking oh, to our be cool. viewers. Yeah. viewers. The, opportunities are endless and uh, we're we're only just now scratching the surface on what we can do with this platform and with the podcast but guys here's our uh, here's our last one that we got to get out of here for tonight and let you enjoy your your weekend and what remains of Thursday night football Damien says listening to the podcast it sounds like Elway has no definitive plan in place I understand that more things are happening behind the scenes restricting operations it's felt like that Zach 
since uh, since the season started and they put him on injured reserve. I think it's not so much a lack of a plan, Zach, but more their plan that they originally had, they've had to come to terms with they weren't going to be able to do. And that was they didn't want Drew Locke to be on the field at all this year. They thought Flacco was going to get him there. They thought they'd be okay burying Locke on injured reserve and letting him just kind of watch and learn as a rookie. But when Flacco, A, got out to an atrocious start leading this team, B, got hurt, they recognized that they had to face some facts and they had to get Locke out onto the field. And since that, you know, that gap in time from the time Flacco started out to an 0-4 uh, start for the Broncos up until this point, that that little window, Zach, it just hasn't felt like this team has had a unified vision of where things should go. And even, even Locke, who says, I believe they have a plan for me, he doesn't really know what the plan is. He admitted that in his, his remarks yesterday uh, at the after practice. It's because the Broncos collectively, there is no plan. That is the plan right now. The fact that Elway has a plan, Vic Fangio had a plan, Scangarello had a plan, and they kind of got unified in the preseason when they had Flacco. And then once Drew Locke's injury took place, they had no idea what the other hand was doing. We talk about this a lot, Chad. The disconnect in the Broncos' front office, it can be traced back to 2016 after they won the, the, the Super Bowl. There's just a disconnect going from Joe Ellis to John Elway on down, and no one knows what the other one is doing. So until they get on the same page, you're going to see more confusion like we've been seeing the last, what, six months? Last one, Andy, we're going to hook you up, dog. Larry, with Chris Harris obviously going to test free agency, do we focus on keeping him or focus on keeping Simmons? Zach, if push came to shove, you were backed into a corner and you were the one controlling the purse, which one of those guys, if you could only pick one, who do you bring back and why? To me, it's a no-brainer. I think you go for the younger, higher upside Justin Simmons, who I, I just think he he plays a better position in the Vic Fangio system. Uh, Chris Harris Jr., he's been a great cornerback, but – Father time is undefeated. I wouldn't invest millions upon millions in guaranteed money. I don't think Chris Harris Jr. is going to give the Broncos a hometown discount. He's looking to get paid. And I think we've seen the best football uh, from Chris Harris Jr. I don't think we can say the same about Justin Simmons yet. So one or the other, they're going to have the chance at both, but I'm taking Justin Simmons. It's hard to it's hard to argue against that take because Simmons is just now beginning to scratch the surface on his prime, what he's capable of doing. He's right. really flowered. Uh, in Vic Fangio's scheme, it's literally a perfect fit for him. So I can understand why Simmons would take precedence over uh, over Chris Harris. But at the same time, I think back to that crossroads John Elway found himself at when he took over in 2011, and Champ Bailey needed a new contract. And I shudder to think what this team would have looked like had the Broncos not re-signed, took care of business, and kept Champ Bailey here mm-hmm. for the final remaining years on his prime. So I don't envy the Broncos their decision. The good news, you guys – I think there's a way that the Broncos can keep both of them. Yeah. They're going to have over $70 million in cap space next year and perhaps even more if they cut Joe Flacco. So there's a way to keep them both, and I think part of that, Zach, is contingent on what the market, how bullish it might end up being for Chris Harris if it gets to be too rich for Elway's blood, how amenable Harris is to not necessarily giving the Broncos a you know hometown discount, but some kind of a – leg up in the negotiations considering their history together and what they've accomplished. So too many things uh, still up in the air and we're just too far out to know for sure how it's going to unfold, but that's going to be a tough situation for the Broncos. But guys, that's got to do it for today's podcast. Big thanks to all of our, all of you who joined us first and foremost, Zach and I love these conversations with you guys. Our super chat donators, Noonzy, 
It's good to see you again, bro. Thanks for the donation. Amaro, Stu. Thank you, you guys. guys. Once again, all you thank guys you so much. Chipping in. And not just tonight, but all week long, you guys have been consistent and steady. Solomon, we have some things cooking for all you guys, all our Super Chat donators. Again, just a reminder, we've got some merch literally on the road, on its way to us. And we're going to be debuting that and getting it out Monday or uh, Sunday, Sunday yeah. during the gut reaction. We're going to show you guys what we've got cooking. And with the merch we're going to show you on Sunday, keep in mind as well, we're just getting started with that. This is the first run. We're going to build it up and, and make it available. So stay tuned for all that. But guys, again, thanks for joining us. That's got to do it for today. A reminder, make sure you're following the show on Twitter right there at huddle up pod. It's the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. Don't forget to find my partner here on Twitter as well, at Kelberman NFL. You can see there where to find me, at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned because on the podcast, on the RSS feed, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, you know, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you're listening to the show, you'll have a fresh podcast from Building the Broncos <clears throat> to uh, look forward to on Saturday, as well as another episode of Dove Valley Deep Divers. And both those shows are going to continue to – shift their focus toward the draft and really help you guys get educated and know what to expect and with what prospects are rising, who to look for, who's connecting to the Broncos, who fits the Broncos. So don't forget to, to get those podcasts under your belt each and every week. But you know what? Again, thanks you guys for joining us. Zach, have a great weekend, my brother. We'll of course talk again on Sunday. I'll see you Sunday, my friend. All right, guys, for Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday immediately following the game here live with the gut reaction. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.